0: After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, and for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be the one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that Scripture As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. uh, one One of the books that I've read over the past decade or so that really made an impact on my life was this little book right here. And it's called The Last Lecture. I don't know if anybody has ever had to read this. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. It's an easy read. Um, you can pick it up and put it down and pick it up and put it down. But a little bit about the book. Um, it is based off of a professor from Carnegie Mellon, Randy Posh, who was diagnosed with terminal uh, pancreatic cancer. And he had you know, small children. I think it was three children under the age of 10, a wife, and he was 47 years old. So he wasn't that old, had a family, but he got this diagnosis. And he gave a lecture at his college. And the college, Carnegie Mellon, has a tradition of when a professor retires, they will invite that professor to give what would be a last lecture, like if this was your last lecture of your life, to the student body. And it could be on an array of topics. Well, Randy, actually Randy Posh, actually was invited to give the last lecture, but it really was his last lecture so he was in that unique situation where he knew he didn't have that much longer to live when he was invited to give it and so he gave it you can go on uh, YouTube and watch it you can probably there's DVDs about the last lectures very touching Um, he got some 15 minutes of fame from it he ended up I think going on Oprah and some news stations about it and then there's this book that came out and there's actually a it can actually be an activity I think there's like a uh, a study book that has like, questions that can go along with it, and if you need it to do like, some leadership training or whatever. It's not necessarily Christian based, but it's just a really good book. But what it has in there is, is this man's life lessons that he has learned. You know? And he's a very interesting guy and had high, high hopes and aspirations as a child. And so while his lecture is about dreams and the book's about dreams and life lessons, it's about achieving your dreams. And how sometimes your dreams can change as you working, are working towards a goal. It can divert and become something else. Uh, one of the things that he talked about in here, one of the lessons that he had was uh, when he was at summer camp in the late 60s. There was a big event happening in the world and it was the moon landing. And it was going to be on TV. And so he was hoping that the camp he was at was going to be uh, allowing them to watch it, stay up late and watch it on the TV. But no, no. The camp that he was at as a child made them all go to bed at the normal time, and they couldn't watch the moon landing. But he remembered that, and he put in here one little life lesson as parents that, you know what, sometimes, yes, bedtime's important and getting your kids to bed on time. But sometimes in life, it is called for them to, you know what, miss bedtime and stay up for whatever reason. Sometimes it's okay to stay up a little late for the right reason. Another story, life lesson story, that I thought was impactful, especially for Mother's Day, apparently Randy Posh's formal name or full name is, is Randolph, and he hated Randolph. But his mother named him Randolph because she wanted him to sound smart and prestigious as a child. But as he was growing up, and especially in college, he hated it. And so he would refuse to return any letters or write back to his mom in college if she addressed him as Randolph. She would, he would write, return to Cinder, Randolph does not live here, okay? Eventually, she would write him and put R dot, posh, and then he would write back. But then, later in life, she still called him Randolph, and then one of the life lessons he learned as she was getting old and was going to pass away, he said, you know what, sometimes in life you got, you got to know when to surrender. Not everything's worth a fight, you know, and he should have let his mom not give him so much grief for calling him Randolph. But the whole purpose of the book, like I said, was about achieving your dreams and life lessons. If you need to read it, it's, it's, it's a quick read. Like I said, it's the last lecture. As he really knew, he was about to pass away. And he did. He did pass away shortly after all of this. But um, one thing that was in there, or what, what he called the head fake in his last lecture. He said, you know, I'm giving this to the student body. I'm writing this book for the public about life lessons and achieving dreams. But you know, this is not for anybody else, but for my kids. And so that was something that was real impactful, that he would leave these lessons for his children. And uh, so they would have something to read about his, their dad after he is gone and what, what kind of life he lived and what he was all about. The reason why I bring up that book is because when we come to this gospel passage in John chapter 17, um, I read a little, little verse that wasn't on the screen, but it kind of gave you the context here. It was verse 1. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said... And then I went and read what was the passage, which is verse 6. This is a prayer that Jesus said on the night before he led to the cross. This is part of what is called the farewell discourse of Jesus in the gospel of John. And here he is praying for his disciples, knowing that he is about to leave this earthly place... Okay, that his earthly ministry is about to be finished and he is about to go to the cross. So this was kind of like his last lecture, his farewell discourse and a prayer. Some people will call it the other Lord's prayer. You know, he is not teaching us how to pray in this passage. He is actually praying for his disciples and he's even praying for you and me, his future disciples. So I always think it's a little—it's it's interesting to see the inner workings of Jesus and what he would pray for when he prays for us. When Jesus prays for us, this is what he would say. And so I want to kind of break down and pull out three things that he talks about in this prayer that I think is important for his disciples, you and me, to know. Verses 6 through 10, when you go back and read them, he says this. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of this world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you've given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They know or knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but those you've given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. Here he is talking about how we're connected, how we're connected to God through Jesus Christ, how we as disciples are connected, and he is praying for this unity amongst His believers, this unity and connectiveness, and knowing who we are, that we are the loved children of God, that we are His disciples and that we are gods, and that we are loved, and that everything we know about God is lived out through Jesus Christ. That the Word made flesh into Jesus, and the Word was lived out as a living example of what we are to be. And so we are unified. And I know it's hard to unify people because everybody has different likes and dislikes, Everybody has their own preferences. Everybody is made different, yes. But we are also made the same in that we are the beloved children of God. And because we are all the beloved children of God, we are all unified through that. And because of that, each and every one of us, no matter how different we are. So he is praying for our unity and our our connectiveness to God through him. And that is very important for us to understand because we all, a lot of times, especially in this day and age focus way too much on what is different with each other. And we don't sit and wait and think on what makes us the same. What do we have in common? Everybody, all 7 billion people on this planet, and we all have something in common is that Jesus Christ died for each and every one of us because God loves us so. We are all beloved children of God. And I think that also will change the way we treat one another as well. Because you are loved by God and so is that person sitting next to you loved by God. And the person sitting across from you is loved by God. We are all loved by God. And that is what unifies us. And Jesus continues in his prayer on verses 11 through 15 by saying, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them. "...by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them, kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that Scripture would be fulfilled." And it continues through verse 15. "...my prayer is that not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one." He prays for protection of his followers... He prays for protection for his disciples. He prays for protection for you and me. He prays for protection. But what is this protection or why is he praying for protection? You know, in COVID, we we all take safeguards of wearing masks and quarantining at home when you've been exposed or when you're sick. We've taken all these measures to social distance and do all these things to keep people safe for protection. That's the idea. That's why we do it, okay? But are we doing it just so that we don't get sick or possibly die? Well, yes. But the real reason that we should be protecting ourselves, not just in COVID, but in life, is not just so that we can just basically survive, but it is so that we can actually go and live out our calling on our lives that God has put on each and every one of us. We protect ourselves so that we can then go out and do the mission that Christ has shown us. We are protecting ourselves to further the name of the Lord. We're protecting ourselves to show God's love to a very broken world. And he is praying for our protection so that, yeah, he wants us safe, but he wants us protected so we can go out into the world. That is what he's praying for protection for, so that we can go out and continue to do the mission. Jesus, he was not safe, right? He went out into a dangerous world that eventually led to the cross. If we truly go out and live out the way Jesus has called us to live out, we're going to be putting ourselves in danger's way. The evil one. They do not want you to succeed. And so, yes, he's praying for our protection. Yes, safety is good, but he also wants the mission to continue. He wants the message to continue to go out into the world. And so we are called to do that. We are called... ...while still being protected or praying for protection to go out into the world. We are not to just sit by and do nothing as well. And so it's something that we have to think about when we're looking at the life of Christ... ...and the way he lived and the way he is calling us to live. Just as the disciples went out into the world, even after his death... ...we're all sitting here in this space worshiping because... ...of what the work those disciples did through the power of Jesus. If they didn't do that... ...and if Jesus didn't care for them to go and do that... ...we wouldn't be here Sunday morning. There'd be no church. But there's church because of this. And then you get into this part here, verse 16 through 19... ...where he talks about us or they are not of the world... ...even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. He's talking about being set apart, being holy, and what that means, and what we're called to do. You know, I thought about this this morning, actually. I have two very large dogs that are inside dogs 95% of the time. Maybe 99% of the time, okay? One's a 90-pound golden retriever. One's a 65-pound golden doodle. And they think they're humans. They've got their own spot on the couch that's kind of dipped in just where they sit. The golden doodle sleeps with my daughter at night. And my 90-pound dog thinks he can hop in the bed with my wife and I. And I'm like, no, you're bigger than any of our children are still to this point, so no. And so he sleeps on the floor against his will. He did not like it. But I know that they're have very different personalities. And they, you know, since they're, since they're big dogs, they have to go outside every so often to take care of what big dogs have got to take care of and also to run around a little bit. And I've got a nice deck that overlooks the backyard. So I'll say, let's go for a run. Let's go. And usually that's our routine in the morning. Let's get up and go for a run. We do it in the afternoon. We do it at nighttime. And they'll go out in the yard and I'll stand at the deck and watch them do their thing. And then they're ready to come back in. Well, one's usually ready to come back in. The golden doodle. She does not like to be out there any longer than she has to be. She's ready to come right on in in that door. My golden retriever, it's another story. He's stubborn. Very stubborn. Even if it's pouring down, raining, and the trees are blowing and the limbs are falling, and all that, he'll go stand out in the rain. And I'm like, you can't stay out here. You've got to come in. So he'll make me go out in the yard. Usually I don't have shoes on. I should not know to put shoes on before I let him go out. Walk through the mud and all this stuff and go out there and get him. And I have to bring him in and his head sinking. He knows he's in trouble because he made me get out there and go chase him and bring him in. You know, I think sometimes as disciples, we don't want to go out into the world. We know know that we're God's special people, but we don't want to go out into the world and share that or share God's love. We'd rather go to church and just call people to come to us. And expect them to be like my golden doodle and just run right up to me and be real excited to come. And yeah, we'll get some people to come to church that way and know Christ by just staying right here in these four walls. And just say, hey, come to church. Just come to church. It's great. But sometimes we'll have to go out there and get that stubborn golden retriever. Sometimes we'll have to leave the church to take the message out into the world. Because they're not going to hear it just by you simply staying here and saying, hey, come to church. Come to church. We've got to go out. And show them that we care enough to share God's love. To show them what it looks like. To be that ambassador of Christ and go out. And when we do that, know that we are set apart. Set apart does not mean you just come right over here and you think you're better than everybody. And you don't do anything else but just be right here and be God's special people. That's not what that exactly means. Set apart means that you identify yourself to the one who made you. God that Jesus Christ is the one that influences your life and not the world. The world doesn't identify you, doesn't make you who you are. You don't go into the world for guidance. No, being set apart and made holy is through what Jesus Christ did on the cross and by following him and knowing that you are God's. But then we go out into the world as set apart people, as holy people. And sometimes holy people think they're better than everyone else. No, that's not the case. Jesus was very holy but yet he surrendered himself to the cross and died a very harsh punishment of this world. If he was better than that, he wouldn't have done it. And so what that shows us that we are to go out into the world as set apart and holy people to bring people closer to God and to connect one another. And so this prayer right here, kind of once you break it down, you see what Jesus is praying for when he prays for us. He is praying for us to be unified. To understand that we are all beloved children of God. And that he prays for our protection. Not just so we can just continue to live life. But so then we can go out into the world and set apart people. As people that we know that we are identified by God. And our identity is found in God. That's what this prayer is all about. That's what Jesus is doing. And it's a really... Awesome opportunity for us to have this here in Scripture. This is why I think this is something we need to highlight in our Bibles. Put a tag on it so you go back and read it every so often so you know what the prayer of Christ is for you. How does he pray for you? Right here. It shows us. When he prays for his disciples there, before he goes to the cross, he also is praying for you and for me. So on this Mother's Day Sunday, when we leave this space, may we know that we worship a God that cares so much for us. Cares so much for that he sent Jesus down to this earth for us. And as we go out from this space today, know that we are to be a unified group. Knowing that we are all loved by God. Who wants our protection. Wants us to be set apart in going out into the world. Let us pray.